This week's episode is brought to you by the letter Q. What? What in the world can you do with the letter Q? Um, a lot of things that start with the letter Q. You're going to make me Google this, aren't you? Yep. Hello, and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And, uh, you know, George, we got an email the other day from uh, a Communicore cadet named Adam over in Cape Cod, and he was kind of upset with you. With me? With with, with you. You, uh-huh. uh, you apparently said something in one of the episodes, such as, all dark rides are D tickets, and he, he took some offense to that one. Uh-huh. Well, I can see why he would, because, you know, if you, if, you com- if it comes down to it, you know, the Haunted Mansion and Pirates are both dark rides. Yes. You know, anything that takes you inside of a large building like that and, you know, I guess it's form over substance. When you, when you made that statement, I think you were referring to the Fantasyland dark rides in general, though, yeah. correct? Yeah, that's, that's the thing I was looking at most of all. <clears throat> yeah. So, so are you going to issue a formal nudge. apology to Adam? Yes, I should. I said, Adam, I apologize for making you angry. It really wasn't what I wanted to do at all. But no, seriously, yeah, it's. I was thinking of the Fantasyland-type dark rides, the much smaller scale as opposed to the larger e-ticket rides. See, well, there you so, go. He, he did say go. in the email at the end that he really does love the show and he looks forward to it each week. So, uh so, you know, he was just joking. He wasn't really that angry. But we just yeah. wanted to make sure everybody's happy. It's time for Disney History. Ward Kimball was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota on March 4th, 1914. Uh, he was one of Walt Disney's team of original animators, also known as Disney's Nine Old Men, who helped turn his early cartoons into magic uh, that we know them as today. And while there are many talented, ta- oh, excuse me, my gosh, talented animators at Disney, I was combining talented and animator, creating talentator. So we're well, gonna go with that. And we always, I mean, that's another thing we do here at Communicore Weekly. We try to save the listeners' time. That's right. We're trailblazers, and we're combining exactly. words to make your life easier. You know it. We're gonna go with that. Anyway, okay. there were many talented animators at Disney, but Ward's efforts actually stand out among them for his unique style and his unique personality. Sure, and and you know, while Ward was a brilliant draftsman, he really preferred to work on the more comical characters rather than the realistic human designs. And he was constantly looking for, uh, looking to do things differently. Uh, Kimball was responsible for creating a lot of the classic Disney characters, uh, including the Crows and Dumbo, uh, Tweedledum and Tweedledee, the Mad Hatter and the Cheshire Cat, all from Alice in Wonderland, uh, the Mice and Lucifer, the Cat from Cinderella, and Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio. And he, he also animated the famous Three Caballeros musical number from the Disney film of the same name. And that's an instant win in my book. I mean... Oh, okay. I expect you to start singing. I, no, see, I'm not you. I don't automatically start singing at the mention of a song. <laughs> okay. And see, I'm, I'm you know, I've, you know... 
I'm, I'm doing well right now. <laughs> you are. So. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so aside from being a fantastic animator, Ward was also a railroad enthusiast, and he actually ran a full-size steam locomotive in his backyard in San Gabriel, California, and he called it the Grizzly Flats Railroad. Um, now, Kimball's Grizzly Flats train station served as the model for the Disneyland Frontierland train station. Uh, Kimball was also profiled by producer Jerry Fairbanks in one of his unusual occupation films. It was a 35mm short film, and it was actually released theatrically in 1944, and it focused entirely on uh, Ward's backyard railroading. And, uh, in 1953, Kimball became a director, and he was largely responsible, well, he was responsible really, for the short Toot, Whistle, Plunk, and Boom, which wound up winning an Academy Award. Uh, and also three Disney television shows about outer space. Kimball was also a jazz, tr a jazz trombonist. There we go again, combining words. Um, he founded and led the seven-piece Dixieland band, the Firehouse Five Plus Two, uh, in which he played trombone. Uh, the band had made uh, 13 LP records and toured clubs, college campuses, and jazz festivals from the 40s to the early 70s. Now, for you youngins at home, LP records like really big compact discs oh gosh no, what's, a, com what's what a, a compact, compact disc, disc. I've, I've never heard of that before <sighs> is that like an mp3 george yeah imagine an mp3 that mp3 that was about the shape of a plate and I, then you've got a record i don't know what that means i'm just gonna yeah. go on <laughs> so, Kimball actually continued to work at Disney until 1974. Uh, he was working on the Disney Anthology television series uh, and being one of the writers for Babes in Toyland, creating animation for Mary Poppins. Uh, he directed the animation for Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. And he also worked on the titles for feature films such as The Adventures of Bullwhip Griffin and The Million Dollar Duck. And his last staff work for Disney was producing and directing the Disney TV show The Mouse Factory, which ran from 1972 to 1974. And after that, he continued to do various projects on his own, and he actually even returned a couple of times to do some uh, publicity tours for the Disney Corporation. And he also worked on the World of Motion attraction for Epcot Center. So was he the only the second of the nine old men to actually work on theme parks? I, I think he was, yes. I think he was. So, okay, well, this, yeah, there you go. It's an extra special fact. So, uh, Kimball also produced two editions of a volume titled Art Afterpieces, uh, in which he revised various well-known works of art, such as putting Mona Lisa's hair up in curlers, uh, another one was showing Whistler's mother watching TV, of course that's what she do, and adding a communist flag and Russian boots to Pinky. Uh, while his only two acting appearances on film were an uncredited role as a jazz musician with his Firehouse 5 Plus 2, in Hit Parade of 1951, and as an IRS chief in Mike Jitlov's The Wizard of Speed and Time. Uh, Kimball served as the host of the Man in the Moon episode of Disneyland in 1956. Uh, he appeared as himself in an episode of the popular TV show You Bet Your Life, which was hosted by Groucho Marx in 1954. And he hosted the second season of the 1992 PBS series Tracks Ahead. So he's really done a lot of stuff, even outside of Disney. It's kind mm -hmm. of amazing. And, be, you know, I know he hosted the Man on the Moon episode of uh, D the Disneyland show in 1956. He was a big UFO enthusiast, too. That's a neat little was. fact. I think that's kind of <laughs> awesome. But, uh, unfortunately, Ward died on July 8, 2002 in Los Angeles, California, due to complications from pneumonia at the age of uh, mm. 88. But uh, in 2005, the Disneyland Railroad actually named its newly acquired Engine Number no. 5 the Ward Kimball in his memory. 
He's a nerd, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's Book of the Week. So I'm assuming that it's pretty obvious that I will collect almost any Disney-related book, uh, especially if it's a theme park book. Uh, this week's title is a little bit different since it covers a topic I'm not really familiar with at all. Taking gardening. a shower. Oh, oh, gardening. Okay. Sorry. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, was that mean? Uh, was that too much? No, no. Now all the communicor cadets think I smell bad. I'm just kidding, guys. He doesn't smell that bad. All right, go on, George. Except <laughs> put him down on the floor to heat. So. <laughs> um, so, so, okay. So the subject is gardening for this book. Um, but the book does relate directly to Walt Disney World and the Disneyland theme parks. Uh, the book is Gardening with Mickey by Ann Groom, and it was published in 1990. It's spiral bound, and it has 294 pages. Uh, the book is, really is geared towards the gardener that's a Disney Parks fan, or even a Disney Parks fan that's a gardener. Like that really matters. But, anyway. Yeah, does it make a difference? No, it doesn't make a difference. Uh, but for those of us without a green thumb, it's still a good title, and we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, even though I have no knowledge of gardening outside of my wife telling me where to dig and how deep, uh, I still found the techniques and terms presented fairly easy to follow. And I may have learned a few things. Uh, and it, it might not be the best book for be beginning gardeners, but it does have some good info. Uh, each chapter looks at a specific facet of gardening the Disney way. Uh, the first few chapters get the basics out of the way and then lead you to more complex types of gardening that you'll see at Disney, like container gardening, hanging baskets, topiaries, parterre gardens, or parterre gardens, and, and theme gardens, of course. Uh, examples from the theme parks are used throughout, and they're usually brought down to a scale that most people can aspire to. Photos are included. Some are spectacular but they are all fairly small photos, which is really disappointing. Uh, there are some enjoyable full page photos, which are really unique because they're almost always taken from an angle that you don't see very often. The end of each chapter offers a page full of Disney trivia. Uh, it, it's a great addition to the book and it's a great snapshot of the parks and resorts from the 1990s, but you're not gonna win any trivia awards by memorizing them. Uh, so if you're if you're looking at gardening in Disney, there are a few other books I can really recommend. Uh, the Disneyland World of Flowers uh, is an odd title. It's really a look at the plannings of Disneyland from 1965. Didn't did and, you review that one before? Saying, we did review it on a much earlier show. I thought so. Okay. Yes, we did. Hey, you were listening. I was listening. I thought you napped during these seconds. I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, the Secrets of Disney's Glorious Gardens has some great photos and smaller projects that you can do around the house. It's okay, but it, it was nothing that I thought was spectacular. Uh, now, one of my top 10 Disney books of all time uh, is The Gardens of Walt Disney World Resort from 1989. It is a large format book with so many amazing photos. Uh, it's really a fantastic time capsule and one that every Walt Disney World fan should own. Sadly, it is very expensive and goes for more than $200 on the secondhand market. Um, I'll put a link on the page for this show on CommunicorWeekly.com, so if you want to get the listings of all these books, they'll be up there. But this week's book was Gardening with Mickey by Ann Groom. If it's a legend that you seek, come on and take a peek at the window of the week. Ken Anderson Bait Company. Now, this window is located above the market house at Disneyland. 
Ken Anderson actually began his career at Disney in 1934 and worked on the Silly Symphonies before becoming art director on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. He also wrote for many other classic Disney films such as The Jungle Book and Robin Hood. In the 1950s, Anderson moved to Wed Enterprises and became art director for many of the Fantasyland attractions and contributed concepts for other rides such as the Haunted Mansion. Though he retired in 1978, he still developed designs for special projects such as Epcot. Anderson was a fly fisherman and Walt honored him with this window as a joke since fly fishermen do not use live bait. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. Now while you're shopping at Big Top Toys on Buena Vista Street at Disney California Adventure, you may spot a painting of the ringmaster of the circus. This is actually Ray Spencer, who was the creative director for Buena Vista Street during its construction and redesign when California Adventure became a very good park. You know, it's interesting over the past couple of years that we've seen still living Disney cast members being honored, so to speak, in the parks. Yes, they're getting their own five-legged goats while they are still with the company. With, yeah. Which, A, I think is pretty cool for most of them, uh-huh. um, and, but some of them are a little weird. I'm not going to mention which ones I mean of New Fantasyland, but... Or, or <laughs> Big Thunder Mountain Railroad Company owner. Um. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Okay, good, good, good. Not a clue. Not a clue. We'll save that one, so. Um, (laughs) But that's okay. It's a good way of honoring them, and I wonder if it's more of a, uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's just weird how we haven't seen that before. Listen, it gives us more five-legged goats. I'm okay with it. We're happy with it. Just there we go. Keep talking, and we can do another show next week. Exactly. So thanks, guys. (laughs) Exactly. Well, thank you guys so much for watching, listening, and absorbing. Yeah, be sure to leave us a comment and rate us on the iTunes. Yes, we love the ratings on the iTunes. And uh, email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com with any questions. If you want to complain about Jeff or get angry at Jeff. Wait, back up. It's a perfect, Are you, you're only saying that because someone was angry at you. Just because someone was angry at you doesn't mean they're going to have to be angry at me next. I never I say so. anything controversial whatsoever on the show, ever. Okay, which is true. Which is true. So, uh, anyway, so full day park by the way. Full day park. Gmail. Do it. I said full day park by the way. Oh, full day park. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing controversial at all. Anyway, gotcha. no go on. <laughs> Well, okay, so for the fourth time, I think people can email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com. You can also like us Good. on the Facebook at facebook.com slash communicorweekly. Yep. And if you don't have time to email us, you could follow us on Twitter and send us messages that way. We love interacting on Twitter. I'm at Imagineerding, and he's at Jeff Heinbuck. And for Jeff Heinbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heinbuck. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. We Britain. 